from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Well, hello and welcome everybody to this week's Wow Report, where we count down the things that make us go wow. Um, I'm Fender Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder, joined by Tom Campbell, our chief creative officer, James St. James, editor of the Wow Report. And a very, very special guest who almost really needs no introduction. The one, the only, incomparable Jody Harsh. Hi. Very excited to be here. It is so lovely to see you. Now, I'm in London. You're in London. So this is a very transatlantic edition of the show. It's quarantined and it's transatlantic and it's all of the things. It, we just never need to leave our homes again. I could, I could see this as my future. You know, I kind of love it, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> you look gorgeous for what time? What time is it there? It is six thirty in the afternoon. Oh, okay. So, so it's around... a perfect time to be looking glam. Yeah, it's lunchtime. <laughs> You're just getting ready to to step out, and yeah. um, this weekend the clocks go back. Um, what again? Yeah, yeah, so we get a, we in England get an extra hour, and then oh. that means we're now seven hours as opposed to eight hours. From LA. Wait, didn't we do this, Tom, last week or six, last month or something? Have we already done this? Not yet. Oh, do we do it too? Later. Oh this weekend, later. Later, you have to wait. I never oh, have no idea what's going on. When we put the clocks back, all of a sudden it starts getting darker around three o'clock in the afternoon. It makes no, it actually doesn't make any, like within just like that. It's so depressing. It is. Why do we do this? Why we used to do it for the farmers, right? But we don't need to do yeah. it for the farmers anymore. No, because nothing's growing on farms anymore. Exactly. <laughs> I love it when it gets dark at three o'clock. That's the time for some hot buttered toast and a cup of tea. Yeah, like the rain as well. You would just say, "Oh no, we no." All right, let's start with the countdown. Um, Jody, stick around. Chime yeah. in whenever you like. Um, yeah. Number. I was going to say number seven, but actually, we, we should normally start at number 10. Uh, number 10, Tom. Number 10. Yes. I don't know if this crossed the pond, but a big story here this week was that Jeffrey Tubin, who is a brilliant legal mind and legal correspondent for CNN, he also you know covered, I, I've known him since the OJ trial on television. He wrote the book that turned into Ryan Murphy's OJ versus the people. He's inc- I've always li- relied on him for great insight and incredible legal advice. He uh, was on a, a Skype call, not unlike the one we're on right now. And he exposed, accident- he thought he was not on camera. And he was wearing, I think, like pajama bottoms and a, and a, and a, a hoodie. And no, he, he wasn't he- wearing pajama bottoms. That's the whole point. Not the whole point, but um, he, uh, he pulled out, he exposed himself, and they're being very uh, tasteful about it. Uh, but they're I- being very tasteful about it because the fact is, is that he was masturbating. He wasn't just showing his willy. He was po- he was pounding the tube steak. He was going tubular. He what was he tubing it up. He was he was YouTubing, as the kids say. Porn hopping. And, and he's been put on a, a suspension from CNN and from the New Yorker and some other places. Can I just say, we are working from, first of all, where's our, our shame-free sexual attitude, sex-positive attitude? We are working from home. You know, he's, you know, he's born in 1960. You know, I had a similar, hold on, James, before you indict me, terrible I, on Sunday, I, I attend some uh, anonymous uh, 12-step meetings. Lord knows I need them. And on Sunday, I was doing my thing with, you know, lots of people. And I had some coffee and a bagel, a slurpy bagel arrive. And I had assumed that I had turned off my camera and stuff. And I realized, not as a dramatic as Jeffrey Tubin, I ate that bagel like it was dripping down my chin. And I thought afterwards I had to make an announcement. I apologize to anyone who had to see me. This is before the Jeffrey Tubin story broke. They had to see me devour that bagel. But I don't know. What do you guys think? I say, First of all, if that ever happens to me, will you guys stop the meeting or call me or something? Like, no, people- we're gonna put it on the Wow Report, honey. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna, we are gonna broadcast that from here to Kingdom Come. Well, How on earth do you forget that you're on a Zoom meeting with the heads of the New Yorker? 
I tell you how, there's two ways, but one way is, and I sometimes do this on long Zoom calls that aren't that interesting, unlike today, unlike today. Mm-hmm. I'll go and check my emails while it's going on. So you oh, can I forget that you're on camera because you're looking at your email screen. And the mistake I've made is picking my nose, just having a good old mm-hmm. Um, while, in fact, on a Zoom call. but and I, understand, I understand if you happen to stand up and you, you aren't wearing pants, I give you that. But the, the to go from that to actually tugging at it in full view of everybody for a good minute or so. Okay, is that's, that's, not that's not that long. Jody, question. Did he come? <laughs> I don't know. If it was a minute, I would think he's very spry. I don't know. I would just say this, that I think blowing your nose and jerking off are not that different, by the way. Natural body things. We are working from home. He is a married man with children. He lives in a he small He is a home. married man who is who has cheated on his wife numerous times and been caught. He's had many oh, sex scandals. Oh, arbiter, arbiter of of morals, James. A. I'm James. just saying, let's not let's not. I um, you know, uh, turn this into like this poor man who has never had any sex scandals before. Is uh, you know, I mean, he, he's he's a bit of a sleaze. I'm sorry if he's a friend of yours. I'm sorry if you like him, but he's a horrible man. And I think it's good that he's going down. I don't think he'll be down for long. You can't keep a good Jeffrey Tubin down. <laughs> I don't even know who it is, but that whole situation sounds like my worst nightmare. And probably quite easily done as well. I guess right. if you just didn't hit end call. <gasps> Can you imagine? Nothing but empathy. I want to know, like, what the what was on the other side of the screen that he because well, I haven't adjusted it. What was so important that he could not wait another five minutes that he wow. just had to pull it out and start wanking? Yeah, what, what was that exciting? What was the website he was perusing? Yeah, <laughs> has like perfect visual memory, and he was recalling, you know, Raquel Welsh in two thousand BC. <laughs> Well, clearly we could talk about this all day. Um, we'll post more as we know it on the WOW report. I think the story still has some ways to go. Let's in the meantime, move on to number nine, James. Number nine. Well, I wanted to talk about a few other little celebrity sex stories that happened this week that might have been overshadowed by the Tubin story. Um, uh, let me see. Um, hold on. <laughs> what were they? Oh, yes. Carol Baskin from Tiger King. I don't know if you know Carol. She's oh, uh, yeah. uh, on Dancing with the Stars right now. She is uh, possibly murdered. Yes. She um, came out as bisexual this week, uh, to which the bisexual community immediately said, we don't want her. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Matthew McConaughey came out with a book this week, um, Green Lights, his memoirs. And he tells about how his father... Uh, died while having sex with his mother. And he says that he came and he went. Ah. Oh. I wish Matthew McConaughey was bisexual, though. No, I don't think he was. In the back of the Lincoln Navigator? Did it happen in the back of the Lincoln Navigator? (laughs) Well, he said that it was was one of the most awkward phone calls he's ever gotten from his mother when she was trying to explain how his father uh, passed away. Um, one of the other stories, one of my favorite stories of the week, is that Tyler Posey from Teen Wolf um, has been doing the rounds of doing a lot of interviews, and he has said that he um, has had a lot of uh, oral sex with boys, which he does not consider to be gay, or he doesn't consider it sex. He just gets blowjobs, and he gives blowjobs freely. He says he's um, uh, been penetrated by dildos on many occasions, and that before the pandemic, he was going to a lot of sex clubs. And he's and what? Well, yeah. Well, I have a question. If you if you're having gay sex, right, yeah. a man with a man, and you get penetrated, why do you have to be penetrated with a dildo? Why can't you just? Why do you have to well, get? Pen- well, I'm going to get to that because I think I have the answer in a few minutes, in a few seconds. But um, I would, I would. Yes, he's very cute. He's yes, and um, yes, yeah, him to talk. Well. He was cuter a few years ago. He looks a little methed out right now. Very um, messed out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but I was um, attacked on Facebook for telling this uh, for, for this story on uh, the Wow Report, and people were saying, "Why are you sex shaming him? Why, you know, what?" And I was saying, "No, he's the one who's going out and offering that he's trying to get people to go to his OnlyFans page, and he's trying to drum up some sexual interest in him." Uh... Telling these stories, and last month, no, in August, he said that he has had a lot of sex with trans women. And he says that trans women are women and there is no shame in it and there should not be any stigma attached to it. And people, I think that's fantastic. I think it's wonderful if he's out there taking away the stigma because, you know, Laverne Cox has talked about that a lot, that there is a stigma attached with men who want, just want to be on the DL about it. And he's a rich, famous actor in America, a hot guy who is coming out and saying, of course I have sex with trans women. Like, why would you not? Like what they're, you know, like, and so I sort of in, in thinking go Tyler on all of this and I love him for it. Um, uh, I'm for sexual liberation. I'm for talking about tube steaks. I think we're all so uptight about sex. Just let it be and let people do whatever they want. If it doesn't upset you and your, it's true. It's true. And if it gets people to your OnlyFans page, more power to you. Yeah, everyone's joining OnlyFans now, right? I mean, are you, who, would you, Jody? Do you have one? No, I don't. I, I put. I wouldn't put sexual content on there, obviously. And also, of course, Lady Gaga released a um, a jock strap this year, and Lily Allen is announcing her vibrator. Oh, don't call me that today. She's announcing it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you could have a vibrator shaped like your head, shaped like your wig, like an iconic Jody Horse vibrator that's that's sort of like whooshy like that. You you are you are penis shaped. <laughs> thank you. So, as are you, James. <laughs> you say thank you. I think penis shaped here. <laughs> uh, the, is it shaped like Lily? Does it look like Lily? <laughs> you can't fuck yourself. With Lily, with a mini. Does it have one of her songs? Does one of her songs play as you thrust? <laughs> it seems to you. Does it smell like Lily's? It smells exactly like her, and it sings smile at you as you put it in your. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to change the tone slightly. Oh. <laughs> Number eight. Number eight. Jody, have you seen this amazing series on the BBC, The Rise of the Murdoch Dynasty? I haven't, I loved it. I isn't it it's amazing it is basically the real life version of succession yeah and it is the story of this family and I'm watching this thinking well there's no wonder I haven't seen this in the states because the media in the states is so terrified of Murdoch and so owned by Murdoch and so corrupted it could only be a story that's told here in the UK but it is a shocking shocking story um, and so compelling and so well done. Um, you've obviously got the daughter, um, uh, Liz. She escaped the, the clan, didn't she? Yeah. She did. I mean, she yeah. started her own independent production company, which her dad yeah. then bought way yeah. overpriced. So she's yeah. seen as a huge business success. Yeah. You've got the, the bad son. Um, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, James. James. Oh who had a, a record label that Jimmy Harry had a, 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 rec- a band on called Horgasm. Jimmy Harry, of course, is one of the writers of Supermodel, RuPaul's first hit. Oh. James Murdoch sound, signed a band called Horgasm. That was when he was punk. And then he came in to run the empire, didn't he, in the UK. And the whole thing blew up with the phone tapping scandal. And they had to close the Daily Mirror. And they had to sort of run away and hide. But really what you see in these three hours is the progression of how they started in Australia and Murdoch has basically variously taken over the media in the UK and now the media in the US. Murdoch started Fox News. Murdoch found Roger Ailes. You know, it is, you suddenly realize the reason why we're here now, why we're in the Brexit mess, why we have Trump, uh, why we have the far right, it's all Murdoch. Mm-hmm. It's all Murdoch. And he was so in bed with all the politicians as well. Like they print what you know they they, they were being fed by politicians and stuff. It's so manipulative, manipulated, and yes. Oh, wait, isn't Rupert married to Jerry Hall now? He yeah. is. 
third wife. Yes, he divorced wow. his first wife, then he married, um, oh, God, I can't remember the name, the Asian lady, and he had two daughters with her. And this is an interesting little twist of the story because Murdoch didn't like Trump at first. But the twist is that Ivanka is the trustee of Murdoch's two younger daughters. He is, she is the trustee of their inheritance. Well, so, is he besties with Wendy? Wendy Dang, is it? Wendy Dang, that's exactly yeah. right. Yes, that's the they, second one. They traveled to uh, Russia together recently. Absolutely. Yes. And so it's, it's, a, it's a very chilling story. Um, Dennis Potter, the fabulous playwright, Pennies from Heaven, he has, the last, he has the last word in this series. He says that, you know, um, Murdoch, he'd like to kill Rupert Murdoch because he is responsible for the pollution of the press and that is responsible for the pollution of political life. Mm. It's just it all. It's so good. It's such a brilliant series. Yeah. And they go into the phone tapping, don't they, when they tapped everyone's mobile phones. It's... Like the parents of children that were abducted and things like that. It's so fucked up. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's why they had to close the Daily Mirror because they'd yeah. been, they were up to that. They were phone tapping everybody. And the shocking thing is, really, pretty much everybody walked away free and yeah. got away with it. I was it saying, was- that's like the only time they got caught and still there weren't really dire consequences. No. I, you know, I have to say that I have a feeling that the Trump family, our, our version of the Murdochs, is, is going to walk away scot free too. That's my but- prediction for next month. Right, as with as with Tony Blair and as with Margaret Thatcher, um, so Trump. I mean, he's in bed yeah. with Murdoch. Murdoch is really pulling the pulling well, the Murdoch is responsible for Trump. Yes, and yeah. I have a feeling that that everybody in a, this world of ours that everybody walks away unscathed. Because Murdoch owns is it Fox News or yeah, CNN? yeah, Fox. which is really the response, really the yeah. reason why everyone in America has gone bananas. He's arguably one of the most influential people on the planet right oh yeah you know, jeff bezos i think he's done more to shape the sort of geopolitical face of the world than anybody else i mean yeah. murdoch was against brexit even before he got to britain and he when he sort of managed to take over thatcher and co-opt her he britain britain wouldn't have left the european union if it wasn't for for rupert murdoch Anyway, I don't want to be all doom and gloom because it is a spectacular series and it's yeah. well worth watching. And it makes you realize that succession, as compelling as it is and grotesque as it is, the real story is so much more fucking terrifying. Yeah. As it always is. Yeah, that's yeah. It. All right. Let's take a break. Uh, just I just tell you, Frida Got a Gun, our documentary with bounce legend Big Frida about U.S. gun violence epidemic, now streaming on Peacock. Um, Blake, have you got a question for us? I sure do have a question. We'll answer it after the break. What item is banned only during Halloween from 12 a.m. October 31st to 12 p.m. on November 1st on Hollywood Boulevard? Oh, I know this. All right. You're listening to the Wirepod on Radio Andy. We're here with Jody Harsh. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. And welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton Bailey here with Tom Campbell, James St. James, and our extra super duper special guest from England, Jody Harsh. Woo! <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I asked a question. Our trivia question today is what item is banned only during Halloween from 12 a.m. on October 31st to 12 p.m. on November 1st on Hollywood Boulevard? Let's give Jody a chance. We might know this. I don't know. It sounds like The Purge, that movie, The Purge. <laughs> um, what's that? Firework? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good answer. Yeah. I think James St. James is banned on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Mom, do you want to say? I think I know, but I want Blake to tell us. It's silly string. Yes. yes. I guess it was like a big deal back in the 90s or something. I don't think yeah. it really. People went absolutely bananas in the entire street. Was co- All the cars, all, all those shop windows, everything was covered in silly string. And it hardens, and it's really hard to get off after it hardens. Oh, well, there you go. Same. Every <laughs> two bit. I... <laughs> 
All right, let's move on in the countdown to number seven, Tom. Number seven. Earlier this month was John Lennon's 80th birthday, rest in in perfection. Uh, My sister was a huge Beatles fan. And of course I love the Beatles, but because she was the Beatles fan in my house, I always shied away from a little bit. Um, I came across on PBS this amazing documentary directed by Michael Epstein, a, a documentary director, um, and it was called Lennon NYC. And it's the slice of time between 1971 and 1980 when he passed. It really, it starts with the double fantasy recordings. It's a little snippet of it. And then it goes back to tell the story of them in the, in the 70s. And I didn't know much about it. And I thought, geez, everyone looks so good in the interviews. And then I realized it was, it's 10 years old. But it's still worth seeing. And it's available as part of the American Master Series on PBS in the U.S., but I didn't realize, you probably all know this, but that, you know, Yoko, when, when he and Yoko got together in the late 60s, the British press tore her apart. It reminded me of sort of the Meghan Markle of it all. Mm-hmm. Led to America just to get away from uh, all of that. And here's John Lennon, who's the most famous man in the world, and he can't take it. And you get um, lots of recordings and interviews. What a gentle, sweet, comic soul he was. And how wonderful she is, too, for all the hate that she got. She really was a true artist and really was she really pushed the boundaries of musicality and and what was going on. And they really loved each other. And that was sort of the tragedy of it all. And it's an incredible love story. I did not know that at one point because they were doing the give peace a chance. They were very invested in it. They were very idealistic in the best way. McGovern lost. They all were kind of recording, and he was doing some music that wasn't that um, popular compared to his other stuff. They went to this party in the village. Bob Gruen was there, the photographer, uh, and John was so upset and I guess drunk or maybe high that he took someone out of the one room, went to the bedroom, and had sex with that person with Yoko hearing it and everyone hearing it from the other room. Did you know that? Oh. He cheated. I had to know that there was a lot of that in the 70s. Yes. Was, yeah. It was fascinating because she was like, okay, we need to spend time apart. You know, it wasn't vindictive. It was this, again, very Yoko loving universe thing. And so she, she sent him to Los Angeles. She arranged for people to go with him because she knew that he needed to be taken care of. And he went into a dark, dark alcoholic phase in LA, but he sort of met with everyone. And there's great pictures of him and Paul hanging out and him and Ringo. But he ended up um, coming coming back and um, and uh, to, to uh, Elton John and he collaborated on something. And there was a big, like in 75 or six, it was a huge Madison Square Garden concert. And Elton asked John to be there and John came and he performed. And for the first time in a long time, he was, you know, in his element, adored. There was supposed to be like 10 uninterrupted minutes of standing ovation when he came on stage. Wow. And backstage was Yoko Ono, and they reconnected then, and their love story continued, and he had Sean, and he quit everything to raise his son, you know, and be the dad and be there for him, and then Double Fantasy was his return to music, and half of it was his songs, and half the tracks were Yoko. Those are some amazing songs. Some of that is really amazing on that album. I don't know, do you guys follow Yoko on Twitter? Oh, no. Oh, no amazing it is all like these sort of obscure haikus that she speaks in it's it's really she's one of the most fascinating people on twitter i um have spent some time with sean uh back in my my really hardcore partying days and i have some stories about him for my autobiography that i will share with you after the the camera goes off Oh, you're such a stick in the mud. On the one hand, you're like excoriating Jeffrey Tubin for letting his wanger out, but you're like, in the 70s, they did this, this one can have <laughs> You're like, there's double standard here. I'm not following the law. It just depends on whether you're cute or not, I guess. If, if you're cute, you can get away with it. If you're if you're an annoying old man, I know. Jody, are you a fan of Lennon? Um, I mean, he's amazing. Not really my... Um, Specific musical taste, but of course, I mean, I'm from the UK, so. Mine either, but I just, I was, I was charmed by this documentary. And one of the things is, you know, in the recording sessions, because these are long recording sessions, you know, he'll be talking, telling a joke, and then he goes into the refrain that 
is etched in your mind forever. You know, it was, it was such yeah. an easy, breezy time in the studio. It's amazing to know that this is off camera. You know, this is off, this is on the off the record, on the record, and they were seconds apart. And it just, I don't know, it brought life to the material for me. Uh, and and now I have something to talk to my sister Amy about. So there you go. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Number six, James. Number six. Number six, I watched, uh, I'm watching The Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix right now. Do you guys know about this? Heard of it. Okay, it's by the people who brought you The Haunting of Hill House last year. And it is based on um, Henry James' Turn of the Screw, uh, which was made into a movie, 1961. Deborah Carr, The Innocents. Tom, have you ever seen it? I don't think I have. Real? Oh, you need to. It, it, Truman Capote did the screenplay. It's absolutely terrifying. It's really fantastic. Um, I thought this was a movie, and I was about an hour and a half into it, and I was like, they better start wrapping this up. And <laughs> come to find out, uh, I had 10 more episodes to go. <laughs> so I am now involved. It's um, There is an American au pair who comes to the UK, and she takes a job at a you know, sprawling manor house in the country, and there are these spooky little kids there. And the boy is sort of like Damien from The Omen. And the girl makes these like ho- creepy homemade dolls that sort of like move around in the night. And it's absolutely terrifying. And I'm having a really wonderful time with it. And I just think everybody should watch it. Can I ask you a question? Honest yeah. answer, James. Yeah. You watch so much television. And I respect you for that. But do you start watching series and then don't finish them? Or are you, I know it must vary, but are you going to watch all of this? I am a completist, yes. And once I start, even if it takes me three years, by God, I if I do it 10 minutes at a time, I will get through it. So, yeah, I will. And I do have, I mean, my Netflix and my Hulu and my Voodoo and my, you know, every, it's just it, full of things that I've started for this show and then have to go back and finish because I am OCD like that. Jody, are you a big yeah. horror fan? I am a big horror fan. It, it sounds like it might be a bit like The Others, which is one of my favorite films. Kind of. It's beautifully shot like yeah. The Others. It, I believe it's, I, it's I, atmospheric, yes. I think The Others is also based on Turning of the Screw. Oh, okay. Yes. That's one of my favorite films of all time. Um, I'm a big fan of getting into TV series about a month or even two months after the buzz has died down. I don't know why it's kind of my thing. I, <laughs> with some of your shows, I'll wait for the buzz to dive down, then I'll deep dive and watch everything in a weekend. So you can do all your Halloween shows during Christmas, is what you're saying. 100%, exactly. <laughs> yeah. May I recommend Downton Abbey? You'll love it. Oh, and I've, I have heard of that. I've heard of that. <laughs> I'll wait for that to die down a bit. <laughs> I think you're right, because it can be distracting watching something when everybody says it's the thing to watch, because you just, exactly. it's like extra noise you don't need. Exactly, yeah. But on, on, the, on the other hand, when you're able to have like an instant community of people on Twitter or Facebook who are talking about it and who are doing it with you, that's sort of fun as well. Yeah, totally, yeah. Two different ways of, of sort of consuming well, that's The Haunting of Blind Manor, streaming on Netflix. I am too much of a pussy to watch horror. I just cannot watch horror films. I'm just so easily scared. Um, and I really, I, I really like, I've said before, I love to feel nothing, which is why I've selected number five. Number five. Uh, hot Dog Fireball. Um, Fireball Visitors from Darker Worlds. So, Werner Herzog, right? Yes. Legend. Is he still alive or did he die? I can't remember. He's still alive, and this is his latest documentary. The last one he did was uh, Volcanoes, and now he's doing Meteorites. Meteorites. And I think as we get older, I guess we're living proof of this, we all just get crazier. And so Werner Herzog has become his own self-parody. And you're listening to this sort of marvelous narration that is completely bonkers, and you're like, this must be some sort of satire or joke, but it's not. It's Werner Herzog doing Werner Herzog. And he uh, he just has an ability to make anything really interesting. And and I was like, meteorites, who cares? But like, oh my God, these things are four and a half billion years old. And they've been around since before there were any planets. And, and they were just, when we were just dust and cosmic 
And then he draws the link that obviously nothing on earth comes from here. It all comes from space. And so he talks about transpermia, which sounds kind of like hot and sexual, but the idea that we're all just made out of stars. Um, And he takes us up to the, I didn't realize this. He takes us to the, um, the grand mosque in Mecca. You know, there's a black stone in that box. Yeah. Yes. That is the sacred Kaaba. And he says that's a meteorite. I, I, and, and you see it because they smuggled in an iPhone. And, you know, it's, and then he goes to um, Chicxulub, which is, of course, the, where the giant meteor landed that wiped out the dinosaurs. Uh, in, in Mexico, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. He describes it as a resort so godforsaken you want to cry. I mean, it's just, it's just great fun of Herzogian yeah, stuff. And he, he also, one of the best scenes were in the Antarctic, and, okay, so what happens is uh, all the time we're being bombarded. It's not just like big meteorites every so often. It's like stuff is just raining down on us all the time. And the great thing about going to the Antarctic is the ice is moving and these black rocks just appear as the ice melts. So, and you literally, they go out and they're finding all these meteorites. It's so, it's just a very intense, fun crazy Herzogian watch. Is it like a two-hour special or is it a series? What is it? It's a feature documentary, Apple Plus, coming to Apple Plus, I think, on November 17th. The last Herzog I watched was the um, the cave drawing ones. The the, the LaSalle cave. What is, what is the name of the cave where all the, the, the caveman drawings are in yeah. France? Anyway, yeah, that's it. Bat shit. It's crazy. It's fun. Jody, your necklace. Is there any meteorites material on any of your jewelry there? I think it's. I think it's mainly meteorite. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't think it's solid gold though. It's, it's gold. gold. It's gorgeous. I love it. It's it's costume costume meteorite. It's not about costume. It is Versace. <laughs> I must say that I've recently gotten into space in quite a big way. I've been I've been going through YouTube and watching loads of space stuff, and I've just this last weekend watched. Stephen Hawking's um, The Universe. Oh. Starts with the Big Bang. <laughs> so the Earth is actually two planets that crashed into each other. Oh. What, were they, what was the other planet? It's a, a collision of two planets, like trillion, like billions of years ago. Huh. Yeah. And was the moon part of it? Was the, was the moon part the of the Earth? They got, they got split off? So when the two planets collided and sort of formed one planet together, all, all the debris that came off it circled around for a, a 20 million years around this new planet and slowly started gathering, 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 gathering until it all formed one ball, and that's the moon. What the fuck? What? Like a Roomba in space. <laughs> and were you yeah. around for that, Tom? Do you remember when that happened? I remember when <laughs> I would go out on dates and we'd stare up at the space debris. <laughs> One day. <laughs> it's like snowballs, isn't it? Just like yeah. stuff. And it's, it's so crazy. It, it, it's almost like once you start thinking about it, you can't stop. And it's sort of a yeah. bit like taking drugs or something because yeah. you're like, oh. I got into such a deep dive. And how big and vast the universe is like the, the the size of just our galaxy alone the, the, the milky way and how there's like a two trillion galaxies within the universe or something it's like each one with billions of planets in when because then i was reading today about how the sun in two billion years is going to be overtaking the earth it's going as it turns into a red planet and keeps expanding and so we will all die unless we get off the planet and where are we going to go what is one of, what is one of those what are, they, what are they called? The um, the it's like Goldilocks. Oh, in the Goldilocks. Planet. Goldilocks planet. Goldilocks planet. Yes. Uh, yeah. For us. When it's just yeah. right. Would you well, go? Be one of the, Would you go to another planet? Would you? If would you leave Earth? Yeah. I mean, if I could find a gorge property. Yeah. <laughs> you you have your own planets. Yeah, you if you have a Starbucks, I don't know. <laughs> Benton, would you be on the uh, on the on the shuttle to go to Mars? I would. I would. Yeah. I'd be like, see you, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Okay. It's easy to say, but probably the night before departure, I'd be like, mm, maybe not. I think I'll stay. Staying <laughs> here with my cats. There is a. You're filling out your Esther. You're like, mm. <laughs> Would you go, James? I maybe. It depends on how what kind of scandal I'm I'm caught up in here. If I need to quickly escape. <laughs> Going to be you and Jeffrey Tubin on that. Martian rocket. <laughs> Drinking our urine. Yes. Oh, stop. Uh, wait, Blake. I have a I have a um a quick uh question. Well, what is it? Um uh Jody Harsh and I share something very special. What is it? A dealer. No. <laughs> I think I know this one. You're listening to The Wow Report. We'll have the answer for you right after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to The Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Tom and James St. James and the legendary, the one and only Jody Harsh. Uh, James, you asked us the question this time. Breaking format. Jody and I share something very special. What is it? Jody already said a dealer, which I think is the obvious answer, but I'm assuming she, she wouldn't let that smoke. I'm going to say you guys share a third nipple. <laughs> no, I don't know it, Fenton. Do you know? I think, can I, I just take a guess? It must be a birthday. No, no. Oh, but they share a name, right? No. Our, yeah, our, our legal names are identical. James Clark. We are both James Clarks. Yes. I'm James M. Clark, and you are James A. Clark, I believe. Yes, that's true. Yeah. James Allen. Allen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Clark is spelled the exact same way. Sorry, say that again. Clark is spelled the exact same way. Yeah. My, I got an e on the end. Wait, you have an E? You do have an E? I have an E, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. We're, well, I'm an American without the E. Ah, but aren't you from Scottish descent? Did you say that? Before? I am, yes. And actually, if you go back a few generations, the Clarks did have ease, but at some point in the 1930s or something, they lost it. Oh, <laughs> the Campbells. <laughs> <laughs> James, a lot of my, uh, I, I come from Edinburgh. Oh, nice. I've never, I've never been to Edinburgh. It's beautiful. It has a castle in the middle of the damn city. Yeah, amazing. I tell you a quick silly story. My Aunt Margie, who's passed away, God bless her soul, she was so proud to be a Campbell. She traveled late in her life. She went to Scotland for the first time. She was in some village. She goes, I'm a Campbell. And some guy said, I wouldn't brag about that if I were you. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we were murderers. Yeah, <laughs> I think, that, but there's a lot of Campbells, right? It's not the rarest name, you know. It's like no, Fenton. <laughs> that was not, unlike those Baileys who are just so obscure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Baileys a very common name. Just been to Edinburgh. What have you been to Edinburgh? I went with you, bitch. No, that's right. <laughs> 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 made a real impression, James. I know, right? Remember, we went to the underground city. We went to the um, we went to the the cemetery that with all the people from the twelve hundreds. Ginger boys peeing on the side of buildings. We loved it. All right, number four. What's number four? <laughs> number four. This is my weakness, and this is why liberals will ultimately be eaten and and buried. Which is. Don't you always kind of hold out that maybe there's one good Trump? And I was kind of holding out that maybe, maybe it was Tiffany Trump. But we've heard nothing from her. Well, we finally heard from her. Have you guys seen her LGBIIA? Yeah, she forgets the T over and over and over again on purpose. Yeah. Oh, she's just dumb. George, you, did you make its way over there? Did you see yeah. Tiffany's appearance? Yeah, yeah. She, it's, uh, there's so many mean things said about her. It's so delightful, but it's it's like, someone said it was like Miley Cyrus doing a Ivanka Trump impersonation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's deeply dumb. Also, people call her Sniffany, so I think that she may be a little uh, chemically altered. But... Uh-huh. 
But, you know, and, and it was, I don't know, it was, if, I hope it was a gathering of like 12 Republican LGBTQ uh, people. I, I have nothing to say other than bad things which I feel bad about doing, but boy, is she a bunch of plasma cells. Is she gay? Is she gay? No. But some of her best friends are. My dad, before he was a politician, this is someone doing bad Trump uh, allyship. Fake allyship. Like her father used to hang out with um, uh, 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 the guy from the 50s. Um, Roy Cohn? Roy Cohn, the most self-loathing, homophobic uh, man alive. That's your dad's legacy, lady. Anyway, I I should bring more joy to the report than this. But I just... Sorry. Um, likable Trumps, I will say, as horrible as she is, I still have a soft spot for Ivana. I don't know if you've seen her tra- tra- slumping around Saint Tropez recently, and she still has the same damn hair that she had in the 80s, and her makeup is still the same, and she's still wearing the same outfits. And God bless her, she's like drunk eating spaghetti at like by herself at an outdoor <laughs> cafe. I have, I, I will always love Ivana. But if you haven't seen Tiffany, uh, Google it, watch it, uh, get your life. Moving on. She was saying that her father's done loads for the community, hasn't she? No. Didn't she say that? Exactly. I'd like to see the receipts for that. Exactly. Yes. After all of his relentless homophobia and transphobia of the last four years. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. She's like the annoying drunk girl in a gay club. I don't see a GLAAD award in Tiffany's future, do you? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on. Number three, James. Number three. Uh, Last week, if you recall, I watched a bunch of classic horror films to see if they held up, to see if they were still scary. Um, And this week, I watched a bunch of kitty classic Halloween films that I had never really seen or I haven't seen in 20 years or whatever. I started with Beetlejuice, which is still one of the most brilliant movies ever made. And it holds up so well. It is so good. I had the best time watching it. I watched Labyrinth for the first time. Oh, I had never wow. seen it. And I oh. was stunned that David Bowie is the Goblin King. Um, his bulge is a whole character unto itself. Yeah. It is a plot point. It is the MacGuffin. It, you cannot take your eyes off that damn bulge. And it, from the neck up, it's just full drag. It's just, yes. it's just drag. Yes, it is. And, it, and it's so good. It really is. It's, you know, with Jim Henson's Muppets and it's David Bowie doing 80s. He was sort of being a little cheesy in the 80s. This is right after the Pepsi you know, Mick Jagger thing that he did. And he was sort of, uh, but but looking back on it, it's so 80s and so fabulous. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I watched um, Hocus Pocus, which mm-hmm. I just watched for the first time last year. And I am now the biggest fan in the world. Uh, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, everybody in it is so funny. Um, I think the gays are very divided about that movie. Some people love it, some people hate it. I've never seen it. Really? Oh, you need to. You really need to. It's it is really fun. Tonight I'm watching Matilda, which I've never seen before. And that with that's with Danny DeVito and she's the little witch girl, I think. Um and then Nightmare Before Christmas, which is just brilliant. I don't have you ever seen it, Fenton? Have you ever sat to have you made Nolan watch Nightmare Before Christmas? No, but I have seen it. Yeah. It, you really should because it is just it is absolutely spectacular. So what? I've been having a lot of fun with with uh, what kind of crap is this list without Ernest Scared Stupid on it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you that really is a Halloween. <laughs> okay, I will do that. Ernest Scared Stupid tonight. Okay, and movie while you're at it, might as well. All right, moving on. Number two. I read number two, a fabulous story in the New York Times about David, Michelangelo's David. Uh, It has the most incredible backstory. Do you know that the hunk of marble that David is carved out of, which, by the way, is the height of a fully grown giraffe, was one of the largest pieces of marble ever quarried. And it was done, it was done 12 years before Michelangelo was even born. And this other sculptor roughed out the statue of David 
It took them two years to bring it to Florence. And it sat there because it was hideous out in the open, a block for 30 years. And they were going to give it to Leonardo da Vinci. But there was hot young Michelangelo, 26 years old. And they got him to do it. And no one thought it could be done because this previous sculptor made a complete fuck up of this piece of stone, which had then been sitting out, curing and getting all brittle for 30 years. It's just an amazing, I, I was like hooked. And then this is- yeah, I didn't know that Michelangelo and Leonardo were in the same time period. That's sort of mm-hmm. interesting. They were, they were like- contemporaries. They were friends? They were 20, 25 years between them. Huh. But you know, if you were 50 in the Renaissance, you were old, you know, yeah, you were- uh, yeah. But if you're um, 50 now, you're old. If you go to- we know. <laughs> Thank you, James. Okay, so, and then here's the problem though. Apparently, the marble, there's also a very flawed piece of marble, and it got all this, had all this trauma. The ankles of the David are really weak. And if that statue gets tilted, remember Florence is a seismically active zone. If it gets tilted like 15 degrees, the ankles will snap because it's, it's called the eccentricity of the loads. And the eccentricity of the loads. There's a a joke to be made in there, please, someone. It's not a tube-in thing. The eccentricity (laughs) of the loads comes from the fact that this other sculpture tried to sculpt it, had fucked it up, that piece of marble was too narrow, and so he had to do it this way. And so this weak spot is the ankle. And apparently there's all these little hairline fractures in the ankles. So I was well, just like, to tell me that in, in the last thousand years or, or 500 years or whatever, that there hasn't been uh, an earthquake to topple it in Florence? You just said there no, was a lot of earthquakes. There have been earthquakes. I think there were like 200 small shocks around Florence in a few years ago. And they're supposed to be putting it on a seismic base, but they haven't got around to it yet. Hurry up, hurry up. I know, right? It's a great article. We'll post the link on um, the Warpod. I, I think the divine, the, not, I was going to say, the divine David. <laughs> oh, and we know her. <laughs> we know her. I mean, Michelangelo's David is one of those things you just see so often you forget about it. And that I was just so fascinated to read this article by Sam Anderson. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll reveal the number one thing that made us go, wow, it is worth waiting for. So glad you stuck around. Um, This is Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. I was just going to say, we just had a a special guest star wander in. We did. Lisa, my my life partner and housekeeper. We've been together for 30 years. (laughs) Oh, she comes on Wednesdays. We usually wear masks. We're far away, except she just went behind me. So I don't know. I will I will do my last segment in a mask. Well, that was it. That was the number one thing that makes us go, wow, Tom Campbell's housekeeper. Number one. Jody Marsh. Yes. Jody, you. It's you. Tell us I'm everything. Sorry. What have you been up to? I haven't seen you for since we passed in the hallways here in Los Angeles, back when people could gather and you could kiss people and hug people. I miss those days. I know. Where where have you been? How have you been coping? You look lovely, gorgeous, beautiful. Thank you. That's all down to lighting, but thank you very much. I've been quarantining here in London for the year. Wait, are you do you just spin around your house looking this lovely every day? Yes. <laughs> yeah. This way. yeah i'm going to the gym after this <laughs> gorgeous nice really um i've just started a podcast which is my new my new um creative outlet which i'm very much enjoying like party and basically i'm speaking to various cultural figures about the story of their lives told via the dance floors that inform their work and influence them as a person. So okay, that's fun. That, that's really fantastic. That's it. who have you done so far, and who? What have you been surprised by? Episode one uh, had Roisin Murphy, my favorite singer in the world. Absolutely loved it. all her stories from growing up in Ireland, and then the Manchester scene, the Hacienda, and then mm-hmm. going to after hours gay clubs like Trade in London, and how they kind of really informed her work and things like that. And also a great story about Roshi Murphy, which she tells in the podcast. She um, she was at the opening of a club called Homo Electric 
in Manchester. She's dancing on the bar. She's wearing some little hot pants. She's got all these guys around her dancing, like, tops off. And she's hanging out with her best friend, who is a video director, who a couple of weeks after has to shoot the video for Kylie Minogue spinning around. So this moment with Roisin dancing on the bar of a gay club with all these sort of, like, half-naked guys then became the muse for Kylie Minogue spinning around. <laughs> so it's always like that that I'm getting. Um, did Fatboy Slim for um, episode two. Fine. People coming, I've got Niall Rogers was great. Just did oh. him. He's I love up. Niall. He is, he is a good interview, isn't he? Oh my God, he's amazing. His stories. His Studio 54 stories. I was going to say he has been oh. around since the dawn of, of, of creation. He started disco, you know? Absolutely. I don't suppose he told the story about recording with the Pop-Tarts. He didn't, but I want to know this story. He what came not? in, we were upstate, we were Dan Hartman, instant replay, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, he was producing our record, and uh, Dan said, oh, let me call up Niall. I'll come around and get him to lay down a bass track um, and a guitar track. And he came around and laid down this amazing track on this song, uh, Smile, that we, that we uh, did. Um, wow. Yeah, and he was lovely. It stayed on there. Yeah. Wow. Well, Jody, we need to have Fenton come on to talk about the old Pop-Tart days. Yes. 100%. <laughs> we should one day do like a, a me versus you guys where we sort of like co- combine the two. <laughs> Radio <laughs> and with, with my... Um, and Fenton, you have to dig out your album for me. Yeah, I know. It's it's like so long ago. It's all on analog tapes. Have it right now on your phone. You listen to it on the way on the plane ride over. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> Every night it puts me to sleep. <laughs> all of us to sleep. Oh, oh, there it is. I'll send you my mailing address. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jody, tell us about your music. Yeah, I've been dropping some tunes this year as well. Another thing about obviously being quarantined is um, I've had a lot of space to just be really creative and focus on music and stuff. So I just dropped a few singles, dropped an EP called Beats and Pieces a few weeks ago. I've got four tracks on it. And um, there's a great track coming out on a label in uh, about six weeks time as well called My House, which I think you'll like. It's got a great sample in it, which I think you'll recognize. You'll like it. It's cool. Sounds a little madness to me. Oh, madness. No, it's, it's not. There's no madness sample. Oh, okay. Did they have a track? Come oh, yeah, they did. My house. Oh, yeah. it was our house, right? Our and house. The street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The madness is just in your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I can't thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for gracing us um, with your presence. This has been a real treat. We saved the best till last. Oh, you are the number you. one thing that made us go wow this week, thank next you. week, every week. You're oh, welcome. thank you. Oh, look, straight back at you. Thanks for having me. Love you guys. And thank you, Tom. And thank you, James. And thank you, Blake. Um, previous episodes on our WooTube. Uh, WooTube. What is WooTube? Like it. It's like a tube. It's like a tube in. It's but, but it's. Previous episodes on our YouTube channel, Wow Presents. Um, and wherever you listen to your podcast. We'll see you the same time, same place next week. Until then, go out with a mask, vote, and do something that makes the world go wow.